Hi, welcome to Mid-July at Great Hearts Table. As you know, I've promised to keep short our time together each week. Each newsletter post of 800 words translates into about six to eight minutes on audio. I don't want to consume too much of your time. Nevertheless, should you like to carry on the conversation, do so by emailing me or posting comments on the newsletter. I'm encouraged by the interchange. Also, remember, there will be no post next week, July 19th. The next one will be released on July 26th. And this week, I want to consider a temptation we all face, which is in some ways good and in other ways deadly. So pull up a chair and let's talk about being predictable and consistent. A sign at an entrance to the Cross Seminole Trail, on which I frequently run, details proper trail behavior. In addition to the expected keep pets on a leash and clean up your litter, users are encouraged to travel in a predictable and consistent manner. Nothing can precipitate a nasty collision more quickly than a runner's sudden movement into the path of an oncoming bicycle. It's good trail advice. It's also good pastoral advice, sort of. You see, predictable and consistent pastoral care can help congregations thrive in a turbulent world. Ragged Christians long for the rest provided by predictable liturgical rhythms and consistent pastoral leadership. We joke about churches being unwilling to change, and yet in truth, stability can be life-giving when uncertainty characterizes the rest of life. To pastor in a predictable and consistent manner can be a gift to a congregation. It's also good for job security, and therein lies our problem. I recently read a sermon by the late theologian John Webster in which he challenges churches, and by implication pastors, to be open to the uncomfortable and often security-shattering judgment of God. Drawing from John the Apostle's prophetic word to the church in Sardis, He challenges our predictable consistency as possibly arising from our deafness to the voice of God. He says, We must submit to that revolution in which God upsets and overturns our habitual thoughts about our own religious decency. Conversion means breaking free of the assumption that the straight line of my life can go on forever as it is. Our affection for the predictable and consistent, you see, puts us on a straight path that God may challenge us to abandon. Webster speaks to congregations, but pastors are charged with particular responsibility here, and thus the struggle. To have a congregation that craves consistency, pastored by a person whose heart is being shaken by the Spirit of God, is less a picture of two runners on a quiet trail than it is one of two trains hurtling toward each other on a single track. For fear of collision and for love of our jobs, pastors may hesitate to heed that needed and sanctifying voice of God. Clearly, not all calls to change are to be understood as the voice of God urging repentance upon us. The voice of the newest church growth strategist or that of the this-is-how-you-do-church conference speaker is probably not the voice of God. Process your spiritual pilgrimage with trusted spiritual mentors, not corporate leadership coaches. 
Our concern here is with what God is doing with our hearts, more so than how we should structure our leadership team or order our song selection. Nevertheless, when a pastor is growing under the movement of God's Spirit, change happens. And for this reason, pastoral ministry feels, and in fact probably is, unsafe. A physics teacher or a house painter can change views on racial justice or how the church relates to non-Christians without worrying about her paycheck or her professional reputation. But changes to a pastor's heart can result in serious conflict and loss. Consequently, pastors are tempted to tamp down the change and tune out the Spirit's voice. For the first 15 years of ministry, I traveled in narrow and predictable channels. Then, in 2000, God so radically altered the landscape of my life that I was left reeling. And I wonder if this is how some pastors feel now after a year of pandemic ministry. Anyway, when the dust settled, I had come to understand grace and therefore the gospel in ways that I had never before envisioned. I knew that no matter my failings, Jesus was still there and that he loved me. This was a conversion in the fundamental sense of the term, a time of repentance and growth that left my congregation asking, literally, what happened to Randy? That I had taken a sharp turn from my predictable and consistent path was clear. What one should do in such situations is not so clear. Perhaps I should have eased out of that ministry altogether, or sought to tease out congregational transformation in a more quiet and subversive way. Instead, being enthralled with what God had done, I barreled ahead, naively thinking the congregation would immediately and delightfully get it. The reality is that change takes time for congregations as well as pastors. Pastors yanked from the predictable and consistent path need great wisdom to lead gently and without harm but we must never refuse the change. Webster reminds us that the church is to be a community that is ready to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It will be pastors who hear that voice first, and when we do, we must find a way to follow. That is the persistent and consistent path that leads to life. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. I hope you will email me with comments and questions so that I can better know you, and I hope you'll subscribe and encourage others to do so. Thanks for joining us at Great Hearts Table. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left alone